You're listening to the Passionate DJ Podcast, episode 18. Welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast, where it's all about becoming a better DJ through passion and purpose. And now, your host, David Michael. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast. I'm your host, David Michael, and it's so good to have you on this show today where we're talking about collaboration. I am fresh back from Detroit for the Movement Festival, my favorite time of the year, where I go for an entire weekend to the city of Detroit and celebrate the birthplace of techno and techno music and see some great acts and just had some great times with some great friends. We were uh, holed up in a hotel suite that was really nice. Uh, I got to meet some amazing new people, made some new friends like I always do, and met up with all my old friends, That uh, some of which I only see once a year at the festival. So it's almost uh, it always feels like a bit of a homecoming. Uh, the festival was, was just amazing this year, um, if you're into techno at all. Um, and even if you're not, um, if you're just into good music and dancing and good vibes, the lineup was fantastic. The sound was really on point this year, uh, one thing that I noticed. And But there, there were some problems. Uh, there was a, a record number turn... Uh, rec out. Let me try that again. There were a record turnout or record numbers of people who showed up to the festival. I'll just put it that way. Um, but the handling of the ticketing, specifically the will call and the lines for people arriving at the festival were just insanely long. And it's like nothing I'd ever seen before. I think this was my uh, what seventh consecutive year going to the festival in Detroit. And I have never seen such long lines. I think I waited, uh, with my friends for about three hours in line, which was a little upsetting for someone who was a VIP, you know, I bought the VIP tickets this year for the first time, and part of the reason you do that is to get a special entrance where you don't have any waiting and all this stuff, um, but the will call lines were, were just astronomically long, and, and I read reports of people waiting five and six hours, and uh, for people who aren't staying for the entire weekend, you know, they might only be going up for that one day, a lot of people miss the acts that they were going to see there in the first place, so... Paxahall, the people who put on the Movement Festival every year, they did send out a press uh, statement apologizing and uh, thanking the police for helping them out and, and things like that. But uh, apparently some blame might be shifted towards uh, the people, the third party who did the ticket handling this year. So hopefully next year they get that sorted out because it did cause a bit of a uh, stir up on social media and everything. Um, and I would hate for there to be too much blowback from that because it really is a great festival and everything else was really well done this year so other than the handling of the ticketing and the lines a uh, great job by the entire Paxahow crew on that so festival time every year when I come back I come back home and I am just like totally in the mode to complete some projects and get in the studio and just I want to bang out some beats and and get some stuff done and just get there's something about being there and surrounded by all those people who are really into all this this music and especially you know I go to 
whichever stages where I want to see those artists, which means that wherever I'm going are usually other people who are interested in seeing that artist. So you automatically have this connection with people, just like you would at any other, you know, music festival or whatever. But as somebody who plays and creates that type of music, you just feel so inspired and ready to go when you come back. It's it's kind of cool because this year when I went, some of the people that I stayed with in the hotel um, were talking about, um, you know, I exchanged contact information with him. He works in a studio out of L.A. and uh, is really uh, knowledgeable when it comes to completing mix downs from the producer side of things for doing mix downs and mastering and had a lot of great advice from it, uh, for me. So, you know, we stayed up after the festival late one night just talking about that, just kind of bringing our uh, minds together to uh, discuss all these ideas. And then uh, one of my other friends told me about some studio sessions that we're going to get together and start doing. Um, so collaboration is really on my mind right now. It's just one of those things, you know, I come back inspired with uh, a, a handful of people who are ready to do some collaboration. I think that it's really going to help me, especially for me personally, I've been struggling with my producing as far as getting back into the studio and spending time and just creating music for its own sake putting the time in that it deserves for something that I care about so much. I, I kind of got into this whole thing through producing, um, as you may have heard on other episodes. That's what got me into dance music and, and everything in the first place, and DJing came as a result of, of that, wanting to share that, that love with other people. And as I began to try to grow my DJ career and my skill set, uh, the producing thing started to fall by the wayside, and so now I'm kind of playing catch up on that and just wanting to spend some time in the studio because it's very therapeutic for me and uh, helps give me another creative outlet. And so uh, really looking forward to trying to put my head together with other like-minded people who might be able to help me get out of this rut that I'm in and maybe I can provide some insight to others. So that's, you know, one thing that's really great about collaboration is not only can you get different perspectives on sound and music that you might not have otherwise had, but it can really help uh, just bring you out of a place where you feel kind of backed into a corner or stuck because it forces you to be accountable to somebody else because you're working on a project together so you both kind of inherently have to you know report to each other your progress and status and things depending on what what it is that you're collaborating on and so it gives you just an extra motivation to you know you're if you don't get something done you're not just letting yourself down but you're letting down your partner so keeping that in mind i wanted to kind of think about you know what are some ways for people who may not have people to collaborate with in their immediate network because I, I didn't have that until recently and I, I realized that this year in Detroit that I didn't really have people to uh, I had people that were interested in working with me but I didn't feel like there would be any benefit mutual benefit to that collaborative relationship until very recently when I realized that I've you know, I've really built my close network, musical network, uh, around people who think the way I do, and even if their their quote unquote sound doesn't match mine, we have an appreciation for where the other person's coming from, 
And so I'm trying to kind of reach out to those couple of people now. So anyway, not everybody, uh, you know, everybody might be, or some, some people might be in that same situation that I used to be in where I didn't really have anybody to bounce ideas off of or to, uh, you know, if I needed help with a mix down, I didn't have anybody to reach out to. Uh, or maybe you have a project that you're working on and you've got everything ready to go, but it just needs a vocalist and you don't know anybody who does that. Um, how do we connect these people? Do we go to Craigslist or, uh, you know, there's other sites like places like Elance and Odesk, which I've used for not music things, but other kind of online business uh, pursuits where you can kind of hire people out to do, you know, on a contract basis. I want to know, does this sort of thing, this sort of collaborative tool or uh, network exist for musicians and DJs? And it turns out that that is a thing. And so I found, I came across Music Gateway. And this is a an online collaborative tool that works sort of like something like Elance, where a user will pitch whatever it is that they need help with musically, and then somebody who has that skill set can bid on that project, and then you can work together, and then it creates an online space for you to work together. So it seems like a really cool tool, and I wanted to talk to the creator, John Skinner, to, to kind of figure out where his head was at with this product and how it works uh, and what problem it solves and then um, how producers and DJs can utilize that tool to the best of their ability and to uh, get the most out of the platform. So without further ado, I want to present my interview with John Skinner from Music Gateway. Hey, John, thank you so much for being with us. Um, I wanted to uh, ask you about Music Gateway, which is, uh, seems to be a great platform for musicians. But before we get too much into that, I just was hoping that maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself, um, you know. Let's let's get to know John Skinner. What's your musical background sure. and your experience in the industry? Yeah, it's like sort of one of those questions with sort of how long have you got? But no, um, I'll try and give it. I'll give you a, a brief outline. So um, I, I started out as a DJ um, in the late eighties, and um, I had a um, I had a really good opportunity to set up a record shop, an independent dance uh, record shop in just outside of London. Um, in 1991 so that was my kind of first in into making my first kind of connections within the music industry and stuff um, because obviously it's sort of being at the forefront of kind of cutting edge music I mean we were, we were you know we were bringing over imports from the US and across Europe and uh, supplying all the all the kind of top DJs in that that kind of local area and um and then, and then, kind of shortly after that, really, um, about a year after that, I, I, I basically made my first record. A, a guy come in, typical story, um, someone who they knew who had a studio, and we had some ideas. We didn't know at that stage, you know, we hadn't had any, you know, d d d d no training, no nothing. I just sort of went in and learned as we as we went, and just just made a record basically. And then from that. We we set up our own label, which is obviously a dance label and stuff, and um, and then just started producing, and then obviously like a publishing company came shortly after that. So I mean, during the nineties, I released around about 
60, 60 singles, something like that, and a, and a couple okay. of albums. So it's quite quite a few different things. I mean, I, I'm a lover of music, you know. So, I, but I I did um I did the main stuff I did was kind of US house, but I used to work with a lot of singer songwriters. So I'm a kind of a soul man, really. I like like melody and um and and obviously being in a shop. You have to appreciate all sorts of stuff, all sorts of style of music, um, which I do anyway. Um, and um, and yeah, so that's kind of really where I kind of came from. Um, really, as I said, sort of through that whole dance explosion through the 90s, that's really where I, I kind of cut my teeth. Did and, you say that you were, um, you were DJing yourself initially? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. I started out. So did, um, did you play that sort of uh, U.S. house music as a DJ? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, so we're talking sort of 87, 88 was when I really, I used to actually travel down to um, to Brighton, which is on the south coast of the U.K. Basically, I was, I was in between London and, um, and the south coast. So you had mainly two choices. If you wanted to get decent music, it was either down on the, uh, down on the coast or go up to London. And um, and obviously around those around that era, you had all the kind of U.S. house from Chicago um, sort of breaking, basically all this sort of vocal, you know, vocal stuff. Um, and um, you know, you had Detroit from techno. You know, you had um, sorry techno from Detroit, and you know, you had all these different styles. But and then the U.K. scene was was also sort of kicking off and then the whole rave culture as well kicked in but kind of before that i mean i was you know again typical 80s kid i was i was into all the 80s um all the hip-hop stuff when that broke in sort of 82 and the sort of post-disco era and um and then we had it was really cool actually because where i where i was brought up we had a big mod revival so it was um it was everything from two-tone to motown to um, Northern Soul, and then obviously, as I said, all the kind of the break dance and the hip hop stuff kind of kicked off, sort of eighty three, eighty four, um, and um, and and then kind of it progressed from 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 there into kind of early house stuff. But that was my my love really when 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 house music came out. That's really what caught my attention. So, John, I know Sorry. this isn't what uh, I necessarily brought you on for, but I, you've piqued my interest. Um, I'm wondering if you could maybe bring us back to uh, the mid and late 80s in London and Brighton. What was what was the scene like in the UK back then as far as dance music and, um, you know, the hip hop and all that kind of stuff and nightlife? What, what was it like and how does that compare to now? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> It's, it's a good question. I mean, I, I, I remember going to see um, Cole Cox play on a Thursday night. He used to do um, the Zap Club in Brighton, which was quite a well, you know, it was quite a well, well famous club back in the day. Um, and um, you know, this was um, when you could literally get get a hundred people in that venue. It was a tiny little venue. They 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 grew it over over the years um, and stuff. And, and people like Norman Cook on a Friday night at the Escape Club. Um, this was pre his obviously before he even created Fatboy Slim um, and, and stuff. And when he was with the House Martins and stuff like that. So there was quite a f- you know it was it was it was a very 
it's difficult to describe what it's like now. I mean, obviously, I'm sort of a little bit past my kind of clubbing days in the sense of going out week in, week out. You know, I still do go, <laughs> still hit the odd club more when I'm at a conference and stuff like that nowadays. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, it, it was, it was great. It was, it was exciting. The music was obviously totally fresh. Um, you know, it, it was, it was a different era. And obviously the, the whole kind of underground rave scene as well that kind of kicked off. So you literally had people setting up sound systems in fields in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and, um, and it was, it was literally like, um, uh, you know, someone, someone would know where it is. And then at the last minute, the word would get out, whether that was through, um, you know, calls or text messages. And, and then you would literally jump in your car, drive down the motorway and, and try and find it, you know, and it, invariably it was in a field in the middle of somewhere, you know. And uh, so it was kind of, it was just, it was just kind of obviously a, just a totally different vibe to, to what it is now i mean obviously you know it's pretty neat it sounds like you got to see a lot of uh now legends kind of come to be um as well as the sort of the uh the dawn of the rave era you know coming of age uh, it was yeah. probably a pretty cool time to be involved in the scene over there it was yeah and I, you know i was lucky enough to play at quite a few different um you know big clubs up in london and um where I where where the record shop and everything was was in Guildford, which is in which is in Surrey, as I say, just sort of about half an hour outside of London. But okay. we had some good clubs there, and um, so I was obviously playing out around then. And you know, I you know again in the early days, you know, I remember um, the first time I went to the Winter Music Conference in 1995 at the Fontainebleau, and it, and again it 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 was less about being an event. There was sure. there was some good kind of business and conference stuff and networking that, that, that got done um and i kind of done a sort of four or five years on the trot going to miami and um so it's kind of i think it's lost a little bit of its um you know it's it's more more of a big kind of yeah you know spring break yeah and yeah <laughs> absolutely it's more about the events than it is about kind of the industry going and stuff now i mean ims for example you know ib is and, and ADE, especially in Amsterdam, has pretty much taken over um, now the, the, you know, the mantle of 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 the business side of um, the, the you know dance industry and stuff like that. So, do you ever still DJ? I do occasionally, okay. but not that often. Um, like, are you still I doing club club circuit type gigs or not? Not not really so much. I mean, basically, I finished I finished producing the last kind of stuff I did was around two thousand and four, two thousand and five. I basically had a had an opportunity to start a, a company um, and uh, not not Music Gateway because obviously that's that started a bit more recently, but. Um, it was an opportunity, st- still nightclub based. It was actually a photography company, but we we developed all our own software for that for that business. And um, because it was in the nightclubs sector, I had to kind of give up DJing because um, I was back then. I was you know in in the sort of early two thousands. I was proper full time DJ um, okay. still. So so I had to make a decision um, what I wanted to do. So I kind of do the odd. I do the odd little slot odd. You know, nowadays I'm doing sort of 
the odd mate's 40th birthday party on, and things sure. like that, where they're all, they're all old ravers and stuff, so they like <laughs> the old classics and all that, so, yeah, so, yeah, so. But I do, I do, I kind of, kind of, you know, I, I still, you still get the buzz when you, when you go out and do a, do a gig. I mean, it's, it's great. It's like, you know, it's like anything when, when you the, the least amount of time that you do it then the more special it becomes if it becomes a bit more repetitive um you know it, it can become a little bit you know um you know it, it sounds like a glamorous lifestyle doesn't it sort of flying and jetting left right and center being a being a dj and stuff but actually the traveling and everything else can be um it can be a kind of it can be the downsides are that if you're so, if you're travelling on your own, then you know sure. it can be a bit of a you know it's tiring. So you've sort of settled down into a a uh, frequency of DJing that that you're comfortable with and keeps yeah. sort of the magic alive for you without uh, wearing you out and yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all the other no. headaches that come along with being a travelling full time DJ. Yeah, yeah, and I you know and obviously I've still got my twelve tens and. Um, I've still got some CDJ, some Pioneer CDJ 800s and stuff like that. I mean, I haven't gone, I haven't switched over to, um, you know, um, a laptop and Serata or anything like that. So if I do go out, I'm, I'm, I'm taking physical gear out with me and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, I think my, my techniques are about, God, they must be about 25 years old now. So oh, I they're tanks. <laughs> yeah, they are. They, 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 you know, I've, I've never had to replace anything on them. Literally, I maybe I maybe have you know I've got some new carts on. I've had some carts on them for a, like a, a while ago, but yeah, no, they're 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 good as gold, really. They yeah, will, I've, I've had mine keep for going. had mine for eight eight years or so, and right, um, okay. they're they're Mark II, so they're pretty well old before I even got a hold of them. And yeah, 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 I've, yeah, I've, yeah. I've never even had to touch them. They're they're beasts. <laughs> yeah, they are they are rock solid. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, John, tell us a little bit about uh, Music Gateway. What 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 problem does Music Gateway solve for musicians? Cool. Okay, so one of the big issues that I used to have when I was when I was producing was I always found it difficult to get connected with the right person that I was looking to work with, whether that was a singer songwriter or uh, you know some musicians, etc. And invariably, you'll always kind of look locally. At what you're you know who who you can work with but sure. but obviously with, with with the internet and remote working tools and that we we're speaking now on skype and you know we're, we're across the we're across the pond um you know it opens the whole game up to to, to working with others um uh you know globally now as an example you know so, so when I was uh, working with produ- uh, you know, with singers, uh, songwriters from America, it was very costly and time-consuming to fly them over, put them up, um, and uh, get them into the studio. This was obviously sort of around the, the, the birth of the internet, really. So it was, sure. it was, um, you couldn't do things remotely. It just didn't work. Um, so, bottom line is that um, I wanted to build a system that um, made it so much more easier for people to get connected. Um, and as obviously the music industry is all project based, it made sense for us to provide, um, firstly, a targeted way with a matchmaking principle of people getting connected through projects that are posted through the site. Where we we the system match makes and notifies relevant people to that project need. So 
here's the other thing you know with things like linkedin and kind of traditional sites and forums and social media most people will send out a request or say hey i'm you know wave their arms around say how good they are and then um other people you know so people are selling themselves what i decided to do which was key was to have a project is actually someone's need so it's i'm i'm rather than someone selling something it's someone saying look i'm looking for a producer i want to co-write with a i'm looking for a songwriter or i'm looking for a guitarist or whatever it might be so it's much more of a defined need and then that way and then we're just notifying relevant people so we actually match the projects to the profiles of the users with those relevant skills or that style of music they then have the opportunity to review the project and then pitch and essentially apply to work with that person. Okay. And obviously, and obviously when, when you post a project, that it can be a creative project um, or it can be a, a budgeted project that is, um, you know, where you can obviously hi, you know, hire producers or musicians, etc., etc., if you want to and stuff. So Great. So um, could you yeah. uh, maybe explain sort of the workflow of creating a project what's what's the pitching process like kind of bring us there you know being that we're just we're kind of in an audio format here so how what yeah how would you describe the process of i want to create a project and uh, find somebody to collaborate with yeah sure i mean it's, it's it's really simple i mean once you're once you actually register on the site i mean we've, we've basically got two accounts users can have a free account or people, we do have a pro-level account, which obviously gives users premium benefits, but people can have a free account and they can pitch for free. But basically, once you've come on the site, created your profile, your profile literally acts as a, like a little mini portfolio, industry portfolio of what you do. Okay. That's, the, that's the first thing that people are going to do and review once you've pitched on a project. So that's kind of, it's important that you get that kind of um, created correctly and then you can add tags so you can add your skills you can add your genres you can add um, your industry roles etc and those are the tags that we we use to match against projects so so it's important that that's done sort of a musical resume yeah absolutely yeah so we're trying to make the whole system much more targeted and relevant to people so just as an example if someone posts a project and they're they're looking for a blues guitarist for argument's sake um and and you're uh you know you're a soulful um dance singer um and and stuff then obviously you won't get an email with that opportunity through the site so um but when you're on the site you can obviously browse the projects as well and then it's really simple i mean once you review the projects you've got a big pitch button that you can click um and once you click it it will give you um, a, a private message box where you can communicate with the with the project owner or the other person, and you can also, um, if there is a budget for a particular project, you can then say how much you will charge for that particular project. Okay. But obviously, there's there's terms based projects as well. So obviously, things like co-writes and collaborations where people are not you know charging each other for their fees they're, they're just terms based so you're more making a connection than, than rather than sort of hiring or getting hired through the system okay so um so yeah so and then obviously what what the benefits for the project owner is that they can they get queued um essentially like a 
like a review process of all the pitches that they've received. And then from that, they can communicate back and negotiate or, you know, ask any questions. But they're, they're essentially reviewing the profiles as well in conjunction with, with the pitches that they've received. And then once they're happy with someone or, or various people, depending on what the project is, they can accept people into their project. And basically we've created these, an online, we call it, it's a workspace, so basically it's a cloud-based area that you can communicate with all your project workers once they've actually started, or your co-workers, okay. and um, you can manage all the files and any submissions from anyone that's on the project. So it's it, instead of using WeTransfer or Dropbox or Google Drive, etc., you're actually centralizing the way you're receiving and providing files online. So so remote working, basically. So would it be fair to uh, to compare this? Like, would this sort of be the say the Elance or the Odesk of the music yes. industry? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I funny enough, I I used. Um, uh, you're familiar as well with uh, with freelancer.com yes which is another one which is elance obviously is based in america but do a similar thing for for it and yeah it's it's a similar process but i think that the, the key was was that um with those sites when you when you get connected they that's kind of the only other bit of transaction that happens is really the monetary thing. We obviously have that. But with music, it's much more of a creative process in the sure. sense of, do you know what I mean? It's, it's not so much a, it's more of a backwards and forwards relationship as opposed to, you know, with a, with an IT job. Yes, there's feedback, but not in a sense of um, reviewing audio files. It's more of an offline outside of the site thing it's very hard to to do that for it um, because obviously you're working on sometimes other people's websites or whatever you're doing with music it's much more um collaborative so for example we've we've got timeline feedback so you can drag and drop pins on the audio files and also on video files where you can offer critique receive receive feedback and communicate oh, wow. on, on the t- on the time similar to what soundcloud have got obviously yeah, it's, yeah. What, it's our own system um and stuff and um oh, that's super helpful I, I really like that idea yeah and you know as i said we've got the same features on video as well so if people are doing you know music to to any kind of visuals as well it, that really really helps um as, as well on that front um so are there that's any cool. other I'm not trying to get you to call them out, but are there competing services that are similar services to Music Gateway? And if so, what what sets Music Gateway apart? Yeah, no, no, cool. I mean, there are there are a few. Yeah, I mean, basically, there's 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 sites like Music X-Ray, um, there's Music Clout, there's 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 Sonic Bids, which is more for bands and and festivals. But the key difference, and and this is a really fundamental difference, is that we don't charge anyone to pitch on projects so how those other sites work general model is that they they're controlling the projects so as a user you can't just go on their platforms and post your own projects basically they're they're more trying to get higher level projects and then charging people to put their hat in the ring and to pitch model with what we do is that we're more about you know we're more about leveling the playing field because anyone can come on our site and post the projects now we 
we have obviously a, a back end system and and a, and a team here that we we handle all the quality control um, to ensure that you know everything's happening correctly, but we aren't charging anyone to pitch on a project with a free account and a user. You get five pitches per month for free, entirely up to you. Okay. If you secure any paid work through the site, you get charged a 12% commission, literally on the fixed fee. So nothing, no royalties, no publishing, nothing like that, okay. purely on the transaction. So um, with our pro-level accounts, which is $15 a month, there's no limitations to the number of pitches that you can do, and then you, you get um, – it's a 6% commission when you secure work. So it's entirely up to the user because there's, we're more we, – we see our accounts more as, um, you know, a, a membership, if you like, you okay. know, in a, in a sense of there's various benefits. For example, all our pro-level guys um, get assigned a account manager, for example, so you can engage with someone and, and get free advice and – we we're, we're, we've got a whole kind of support um, in place for our for our members and stuff. John, I'm curious, what is the target sort of demographic for Music Gateway? And what I mean by that is, I guess, is there a skill barrier? So, in other words, can novices be matched up with seasoned experts and and vice versa? And and how do you mitigate against that if you don't, if that's not what you want? Sure. Well, look. It's really key that we um, that people understand that might be listening to this that um, we we're not we're not trying to be a gatekeeper in the sense of if you're good if you're good enough you're old enough if you you know I think there's there's you you've got subjective um, things where people say oh no I don't like that or that's not my cup of tea we're not we're not coming in from that point if the quality of certain things and people act professionally it, it's all thumbs up it doesn't matter whether you you know you're brand new into the industry and um, it's your you know it's your first your first step on the ladder um, or, or you're a 40 year award winner and which 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 obviously we, we have got on the site so we're not trying to make it so that it's non-exclusive to to but I think when when we music professionals we talk about aspiring professionals people actually want to make a career or or you know want to grow their career and stuff because not obviously it's, it's a tough industry so um, we feel that we stepping stone up to connect with um, you know, with other professionals, um, again, who can help your further your career. Because we're looking for, obviously, you know, talented people, um, but we're not excluding people that don't necessarily have any experience because ultimately it doesn't matter how inexperienced you are. If you act professionally and you want to further your career, then Music Gateway is definitely a site that you can progress and help you get up the ladder without a doubt. Might you be able to kind of explain uh, maybe just a couple of really quick examples of what kind of projects can be completed on Music Gateway? Like maybe describe what kind of opportunities that, uh, for musicians that it provides, maybe a, a couple of previous examples. Sure. So um, obviously we, we have a lot of kind of collaboration on Oh, they're, they're purely kind of term-based um, projects where uh, we have a lot of vocalists wanting to connect with producers and vice versa. Um, people looking for band members specifically as well, um, you know, where it's bass player or guitarist, etc. Um, we also have um, co-writes and collaborations are really, really popular, um, as is... Um, song placements so we actually work with um some really big companies over in asia where they would take um and pay for 
uh, a buyout of a song. So the, the original writers will retain the publishing, but they will pay for the production um, and then, then they'll revocal, um, get their artists to revocal the song. So that's quite a lucrative um, business and it's a great market over there for um uh, you know for for placing songs and stuff like that and um and then we have sorry go on i was just going to say uh does uh, music gateway have anything to offer for say uh members of my listening audience that are djs that don't produce for example or is this more of we, a music creation type of we, collaboration platform we d- we do have well, i mean one area of the, of the the, the projects um, that we we have had DJ gigs previously on the site and stuff. I mean, we it's an area that we want to grow more um, and stuff. I think obviously when you have a big large community of people, obviously there's going to be certain things that become a lot more popular um, all the time. But um, but definitely, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, if if DJs aren't producing, um, you know, but but want to produce or w- would love to make a record, just don't know how. Um, they can actually use the site to to get connected with producers that have the studios and okay want to you know uh, want to get produced and 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 or um you know if if there's musicians they want to c- get connected with for their live gigs percussionists for example or, or you know if they want to you know if you go along to a head candy gig more likely you'll you know you'll get a sex you know you'll get a saxophone you know solo player um, playing along and stuff like that which obviously can add lots of different elements to the to the gig depending on where you're playing. But um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, it's it's a resource, and um, we also, you know, as I said, we're having more and more DJs um, coming through the site. We hope that's going to increase. Excellent. Well, uh, John, I know that you're a busy man, and we're having a little bit of connection trouble here. But I was wondering if you might be able to fire off just a couple of uh, maybe quick tips for using Music Gateway, and maybe tell listeners how that uh, you know, if you sign up and you decide to to utilize it how can people you know kind of get the most out of the platform obviously you can go um, musicgateway.net uh, or you can just google us and we'll come up top um, as music gateway get yourself registered um, just invest you only need to invest 10 minutes of your time to create your profile but if you don't do that you won't get the opportunities through the site we're really kind of strict on the fact that we don't you know we don't we don't reach out to um, you know we don't reach out to people randomly just for the sake of it we're sending people targeted opportunities that are relevant to to, to the people's profiles so that's really important and I guess the other thing is um, you know the best way of using the site actually is, is to be proactive and post your own projects. So it's about thinking about who you want to get connected to um, and what it is you want to do. So when you go to create a project, you've got lots of different choices. So just spend some time going through those different project choices, something that you feel might be relevant to you. But that's how you're getting connected through to obviously to other professionals on the platform. And you get five free projects a month, so you really have nothing to lose uh, to give that a try. So that's that's super cool. Um, John, I really appreciate you being with us and uh, dealing with our connection issues and stuff. You have a, a beautiful website, and I would encourage everybody to check out musicgateway.net and click watch the video to get a sort of a, a brief overview of what it's uh, really about, what we talked about today. And it's really just a really nice presentation. Um, so it's worth a watch. So definitely check no, that out. 
Thanks very much for your time, David. I, I really appreciate it. And obviously, if and any of you guys um, have any further questions, people can feel free to get in contact with us uh, um, via the Contact Us page. Um, either myself or one of our team will be glad to have a convo and uh, you know see how, how we can help out. Excellent. John Skinner from MusicGateway.net, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks very much. Cheers, David. Thanks. Okay. Bye. All right. Once again, fantastic interview with John Skinner of Music Gateway. Thanks so much for being on the show with us, John. It was great to learn a little bit more about Music Gateway and how we can use it to, uh, you know, create these collaborative environments to be able to finish these projects that maybe are just waiting for the right two minds to come together. So I hope that somebody out there will find use in this Music Gateway platform. I would like to check it out myself. I'm really, like I said, excited about getting some collaboration done right now to get uh, get my mojo back when it comes to my production game. But also, you know, perhaps there are some DJs out there or uh, uh, maybe producers who are looking de- uh, looking for DJs to do some scratches on their records and that sort of thing. So I feel like it's something that could be really useful to a lot of passionate DJs out there. So. Also wanted to give a huge thank you to all of you who submitted stories for last uh, episode 17, which was all about bad DJ gigs. That was a really fun episode. Uh, Heard a lot of hilarious stories and got a lot of positive feedback for that episode. So I would really like to do those types of shows again in the future. Um, If you didn't get your story in, I apologize. I couldn't do everybody's story because some people didn't see it until after the deadline. So uh, thinking about maybe doing a version two of that episode, just talk about the weirdest, strangest, worst DJ gigs that my audience has uh, experienced. So yeah, very fun episode. Hope to do that again, and once again, don't forget, if you have a question that you would like answered on the podcast, or if you would ha- if you have a topic that you would like for me to address, or to find more out about for you to discuss on the show, please, please go to passionatedj.com forward slash ASK, ask, and you can leave your question in the form of a voicemail, which I will feature on the show and do my best to bring some knowledge and some light to whatever it is that you're struggling with so it was great to have you all with us on this episode of the passionate dj podcast and we will see you next time for episode 19 take care everybody thanks for listening to the passionate dj podcast at www.passionatedj.com Check out the fan page at facebook.com slash passionate DJ or on Twitter at DJ with passion. And always remember to keep on spinning.